This is for Micah. Which is stupid because he's going to die anyway. The Asteri is the Republic, right? I just had deja vu. Oh. What happens next? Whoa. Okay. I'm sorry. What the fuck? Hi, I'm Olivia. And I'm Kelly, and this is a Court of Theories podcast, where we deep dive all things Akatar, Throne of Glass, and Crescent City. This podcast contains spoilers. Okay, so, I'm so motherfucking excited, okay? okay? And I don't give a fucking shit. Look, I'm coming into this fierce. I don't give a fucking shit if you've heard this shit. We are going to fucking talk about it. Okay. Are you ready? I'm scared. I'm going to need I'm you to ready. put that down and I'm going to need you to look me okay. in the eyes. I'm scared. Why are you scared? I don't know. I'm you so are really ex- intense right now. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. And you know what? Like I said, if you have fucking heard this, lie out your ass. Lie out your ass. Okay. I know that we are brutally honest when it comes to shit. Lie out your ass. Okay. I'm very <laughs> excited. Last time... We were doing name breakdowns, okay? Okay. We did a lot of Crescent City name breakdowns, and Danica, her name literally means morning star. So does Shahar's. No, hers means day star. Yeah, hers means day star. No, morning star. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. I was like, no, it doesn't. Those (laughs) names are not even the same. Sit, Sit down. Shut your mouth. Are you sure? Okay, keep going. No, you mean pull it up? I was just going to say, are you sure that's real and not like a user submitted? No, thing? because this is O to Danica. Okay, so we're going to go back. You're like, bitch, would you shut the fuck up? Shut the fuck up. Okay, I'm so <laughs> fucking excited. Okay, listen. Okay. So, Danica is spelled D A N I K A. So, this is an ode to Danica which is spelled D-A-N-I-C-A, the Slavic deity that represents Venus, whose beaming twinkle is best observed just before the break of dawn, i.e. the meaning morning star. Okay. Okay. Her last name, and I'm going to, you're going to find me, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but Findir. Is that how they say it? Findir. Okay. It's like like, the Findir wolf? Yes. Okay. Okay. And that's a play on Fenrir. And that is a wolf in Norse mythology. Yeah. Just okay. like Fenris. Yes. Okay. I'm so nervous. I can't even look at you in the face. <laughs> okay. Hurry up. Emily's theories. Okay. We love her. I love her. Love, I'm obsessed with love Emily's theories. Love her. So obsessed. I found this through Emily's theories. Okay. Okay. And this was just a stumble upon whenever I was going back through looking up more names to just have her last name broken down in front of me just because I know that it meant wolf, blah, blah, blah. But I just wanted the origin. Danica is the seventh Asteri. Okay. And quite literally lives on inside of Bryce's heart. Full credit to Emily's series because I was like, calm down. And then I was reading it. The time that I texted you about this, I lost sleep because I could (laughs) not... Number one, wanted to tell you about it. Number two, my brain exploded. 
Okay, so she has on here, and this is her, I have long since believed that when a character in SJM universe dies, they are reincarnated into the next world. Okay. So she recycles. She just goes to the planet. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Sarah Janet. Then you got the fourth R, reincarnate. (laughs) Okay, she has on here that some of the most solid proof is the bone carver. So whenever he meets Feyre, he asks her multiple questions about death. Remember, he wants to know what she saw and whether she saw a portal, if she was given that new body. He wanted to know all the details. And she's like, Mm. whoa, bro, that's personal for me. Get off it. Okay. But he just wanted to know if he was going to have a choice and who he was next life or some shit, right? So this is an excerpt. So there is no no other world. Maybe the bone carver comes back as Nyx. He was like showing Feyre well, that. He was showing Feyre that. Wouldn't that be some shit? That would, her like little demon baby. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he like, already has the wings. Is, he yeah. already has, he's from hell. At least Bryce probably thinks so. She's that is a hell baby. <laughs> 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 he definitely, he can't talk. So he's just like, goo goo gaga. I got, I got these bat wings. Okay. So get off your computer. I'm don't look anything up. Stop this. I'm so excited about this. Hurry up. Talk faster. No. Okay. So literally from the book, there is no other world. The born bone carver pushed. If there was or is, I did not see it. Okay. No light, no portal. Where is it that you want to go? The question almost leapt off my tongue. It was only peace and darkness. So that was Pharaoh talking. The bone carver asked, did you have a body? No. Then he started did and then never got to finish his question. Favorite pretty much was just like, fuck off. And then in Sky Breath, the concept of going somewhere else when you die is brought up several times. Okay. It's almost one of those light calls to like where you're like, shut up. I get it. I get it. And even the River Queen suggests that there is a new world after death. So then from the book, she's talking to the River Queen here. And so Bryce halted by the rail overlooking the night dark river. Bryce asks, where did the dead go before the Asteria arrived? Did your tutors ever tell you that? The River Queen, her mouth softened into a smile. No, but they told me it was good. Emily says that this quote cements it further. The way for one soul to travel in and out of the world is through birth and death. Okay. Blood for life, blood for death. It was summoning salt infused with the blood from a laboring mother's sex and blood from a dying male's throat. The two great transitions of a soul in and out of this world. That's so fucking gross. Some woman is like pushing out baby placenta leave it alone (laughs) and they're like we really need this for some salt she was like i was gonna put that in capsules and oh god she's can i at least keep that umbilical cord and put it in some weird baby scrapbook anyways i'm sorry stem cells okay 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 anyways 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 and let's not forget cassian's famous quote about nesta i will find you again in the next world the next life and we will have that time, I promise. Mm, I love you, Cassie. <laughs> I know. I know. I was waiting for you to swoon. Yet most importantly of all, in the Akatar world, we witness Starfall. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it's theory that it's souls migrating. Mm-hmm. Okay? We've talked about that before. It's that first light, second life thing. Okay? This is further backed up in CC2, 
when we learn that the Asteri have been stealing second light, which is a term for people's souls, which aligns with Reese's observations that the stars in Starfall have been dwindling in numbers each year. Okay? Which I know the fandom, they know that. And if you don't, you're welcome. (laughs) But for the purpose of the theory, this is the most important point. Everyone's soul is literally a star. Okay. I'm going to say it again. Everyone's soul is literally a star. It's for this reason that Emily has theorized and I'm a stan for it. Everyone possesses a star in their chest because it is their soul. So what is Bryce's power? We're led to believe that Bryce's power, the starborn power, is the star in her chest. Okay. Emily says that she believes that it's true, but that it's not the full picture because we see the power coming from her chest. We've, we saw that in basically the whole second book. Yeah. So it's not, that's not a theory. (laughs) That is Bryce's chest literally glows. If our souls are stars, then Emily has said Bryce's power is simply being able to wield the light of her own soul. Like, essentially, Bryce can pull her soul out of her chest, and that's her power. Okay? Stay with me. Stay with me and Emily. Okay. Okay? As further proof of this, recall that the very first time we see Bryce use her starborn power, it was said that a lock clicked open in Bryce's heart and soul. And it is literally in the text. And she has it highlighted. A lock clicked open in Bryce's heart and soul. And I want you to look at the cover of your book right now. It's a lock. I know it is already before I even look. Since you have it right here. She really do be having a lock on her chest. And if you look at the colored page on the inside, it's like fiery looking. Yes. I was about to say, it literally looks like lava coming out. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Now that we see that. Okay. Anyone that needs to stop and look at your cover of, let me just to clarify, I'm talking about the OG US version because there are those new UK prints. This is the OG US version. The woman on the front. With the woman on the front and it's red. With this in mind and knowing that the fourth R of SJM is reincarnation, it is highly likely that Adis mentioning that Bryce and Thea's light is the same hue and that Bryce's light is Thea's light makes this very interesting. Okay. So if souls are stars and the star that Bryce wields is the same as Thea's, then that suggests that their souls are one and the same, which we have theorized we've talked about, Bryce and Thea. I don't know if we've done that as deeply on here, but our text messages confirm that we have fallen deeply down that rabbit hole. Okay. I have things I want to say, but I'm going to shut up. Nope. Keep you got to wait. So that Bryce literally possesses Thea's soul. She is her reincarnation. Okay. Okay. Which is not out there. No. There's too many parallels that we have talked about, that we have touched on, that we've brought up. So that's not news to us. There's a bunch of evidence 
to the point of this being correct, but the most pointed is the gym scene in Sky and Breath. Okay. She's in the gym. Okay. Where her and Hunt get it on. Bryce has a feeling that she is falling through time and space, but that she wanted to stay in this body and quote this place. And so then the excerpt is she could have sworn they fell through time and space could have sworn they tumbled towards something, but she wanted to stay here with him in this body and this place. Emily says, but as insane as this sounds, I don't believe that Thea is the only soul inside of Bryce's chest. I think someone else is in there too. And then in really big font, Danica. Okay. Okay. She don't deserve it. Keep going. I know. I'm a Danica hater right now. I know. We have very <laughs> deep feelings about it. I think literally in one, of, I don't know if it, I don't know which episode it is right now that you're like, I don't know if we're supposed to like her or hate her. Uh, and I hate her right now. <laughs> <laughs> give me some, give me a reason to not hate her because that she's too manipulative. Yeah. I feel like that we will see that really come more to light but for right now i'm mad okay i'm angry okay so obviously we know that danica is someone who is powerful and emily has suspected that she is someone who is reborn again she said this suspicion grew stronger when i realized that the quote ancient alphabet that danica used to tattoo bryce was actually word marks yeah which we have talked about agree i also agree she said however it was this parallel that cemented it for me okay so remember, Emily's theories, if you do not follow her, you Get gotta. On it. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta. Because. She's crushing it. She. I I have a theory that she is Sarah J. Mass in disguise. <laughs> this is Sarah J. Mass's like. It's her fan account. Yeah. And she's just, she's like feeling us out. Do you believe this? Like, you're like, ah. Okay. Emily's very smart. She's very smart. And so that's why. This sometimes you find some of those theories, like even through like Reddit fret, but up, 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 Reddit threads. That's <laughs> what you just sounded like. Oh I haven't had McDonald's <laughs> in over five years, <laughs> and I think about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I just did that to you. It is. It's my crack. If you were to, you know, I was an addict. And I, I stand strong. Although this morning I, and I know you're going to judge me because I can, I just know I wanted to go through Dunkin' because I love their bacon, egg and cheese on everything bagel. It's not the coffee that it's that breakfast sandwich that does it for me. Also it's jumbo mega big. And I knew today I was going to need it. The line was out onto the road going down the road. Like we were, yes. So we were wrapped around and I said, no, then just a few buildings down from that is a literal fucking McDonald's. And I, I looked at it and I double, I double took that McDonald's and I was like, you dirty son of a bitch. (laughs) And then I said, no, your pancreas needs you to not eat that McDonald's. A hospital bill is a lot more. It is not worth that bacon, egg, and cheese 
breakfast sandwich oh and those motherfucking hash browns. Mm. Okay. Anyways, 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 anyways. Okay. The parallel that Emily. Uh-huh. Now that I'm salivating. Thanks. <laughs> okay. So that. The, it's not even good. That's the thing. I know. Shut your mouth. God, what I wouldn't give for two McChicken snowman is a small fry and a large sweet tea. I would give up my soul, red soul, and Milo's soul. (laughs) As a physical book lover, we've all found ourselves in major need of a bookmark when we've been rudely interrupted while reading. Interruptions like your job, your needy pets and family, or your spouse wanting to tell you all about a random thing that they've been doing, all while you're at a really good part. Don't they see that we're reading? And in those moments, we've all found ourselves having to grab for a receipt, a post-it note, a scrap of paper, or the absolute worst, dog-earing your page. Well, in those moments, Case Leatherworks has you covered. Their dog ear bookmark fits perfectly over the corner of your page, so you never lose your place. Their products are made with top grain American leather in a variety of colors, and you have the option to customize your bookmark with your initials. Along with their bookmarks, they offer a variety of home good products that's perfect for any reading nook. Support small business by visiting caseleatherworks.com, and our listeners will receive 10% off your first order by using code THEORIES at checkout. That's offer code theories at caseleatherworks.com. Sometimes I like to put it on a couple of pages just so. But there you go. I love it. It's beautimous. That bookmark was provided to you by Case Leatherworks. I love it. It has my initials and everything. Oh. And gold foil. It's beautiful. Gold and silver foil. Because you got two because you have a beautiful black one because I was asked, what color do you think? And I immediately I was like black done then it was the question black on black or black with silver thread and i was like silver thread because it sounds like silver flames i love and, it and then there's just this beautiful plum purple because i just it's a unique color of leather that not a lot have and i felt like you needed it i love it anyways and i the keychain that i got from case Leatherworks like multiple christmases ago mm-hmm. i love it so much See? still use it every day ah uh. Yes, this is an ad sponsored by Case Leatherworks. CaseLeatherworks.com. Use code theories at checkout for 10% off your first order. CaseLeatherworks.com. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So the parallel that cemented it for her is at the end of Earth and Blood. And when I say for her, I also mean for me. So Bryce looks towards the bone quarter, uh-huh. which also bone carver, but anyways, and can see the six members of the pack of devils, right? Uh-huh. However, and this is in all bold, the seventh member, Danica, is now gone. How many Asteri sit? And we're missing one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then this is the excerpt whenever she's looking towards the bone quarter. Tears began rolling down her face as she beheld the near invisible figures. And then this is what she has highlighted. All six of them, the seventh gone forever, having yielded her eternity. But the tallest of them standing in the middle with his hand lifted in greeting. What does it sound like? The Asteri, six remaining, the seventh is gone. The seventh Asteri is gone. She then says... I believe that Danica was a reincarnation of the seventh Asteri Sirius. Not Sirius Black, not to be confused with our favorite godfather. 
in real life, Sirius was often known as the Morning Star. Nice. What does the name Danica mean, Liv? Morning Star. Morning Star. I'll be damned. Further recall that Bryce and Danica traded their own souls to the Underking to save each other. Okay? Probably the nicest thing that Danica fucking did. But then she tricked Bryce into selling her soul. Anyways, neither here nor there. We're just mad at Danica right now. I truly believe that when Danica died, her soul or a part of it literally lives on within Bryce's chest. And how did they do it? The drop. In Earth and Blood, it is stated that the drop is the act of plummeting into your own soul. Okay? Encounter whatever lay at the bottom of their souls is literally from the, from the text in the book. What does Bryce find when she does the drop right into her own chest? Despite the fact that it is a complete impossibility. Who is down there? Danica. And right before Bryce goes back up, Danica says, even if you can't see me, I will always be with you. Bryce then says she had never been alone. She would never be alone. Not with Danica within her heart. Okay. That is straight from text. And Emily says, although you may argue that it was merely just a figure of speech, I don't think it is. And we are on that figure of speech and how things are worded kick right now in our text messages. Yes. Because recall that when the prime of the wolves witnessed Bryce racing around to defeat the demons at the end of Earth and Blood, he said that, quote, one wolf remained in the old square. Sabine assumes that he must be mistaken, that he is instead registering Danica's sword that Bryce is holding. But the prime looks at Bryce and then points to his heart and chest and then calls Bryce a, quote, true wolf. We, we don't give the prime enough credit. While he may be sleeping 75% of the time, 90% of the time. When he wakes up, he is, he got it, okay? And so it says, this is from the text, but the prime of the wolves had stirred at last and pointed an ancient gnarled finger to the screen, to the feeds, and he said, one wolf remains in the old square. Everyone looked then to where he pointed. Whom he pointed to, Bryce raced through the carnage, sword glinting with each swipe and duck and slash. Sabine choked. That's Danica's sword you're sensing, father. The prime's age-worn eyes blinked unseenly at the screen. He's not even looking at the actual screen to see who is truly on that screen. It's almost like it's a vision that he's seen. And it says, his hand curled on his chest, a wolf. And that's in quotes. He tapped his heart. Still Bryce fought onward towards the meadow. Still she ran interference for anyone fleeing for the shelters, buying them a path to safety. Quote, a true wolf. And again, in the next book, the prime once again calls Bryce a wolf while pointing to his chest and heart. Prime, she said, kneeling on his far side, hidden from the views of the guards, still arguing with Deck at the gates. 
A moment of your time, please. He cracked open age-clouded eyes. Bryce Quinlan. He tapped his bony chest. A wolf. But he's not referring to Bryce. He's referring to Danica. And who was Sirius the Asteri known as? Sirius the Wolf Star. And that is from the text. This explains why after the drop, Bryce seemingly inherited the identical power of the Asteri overnight. And something that Emily has already made a theory about with the uncanny resemblance. And that's because it is Danica's soul. And likely also the horn and the synth, but both were orchestrated by, you guessed it, Danica. This is why Jezeba told Bryce that she won't find any traces of Danica in the bone quarter because her soul is literally within Bryce. The sorceress said a shade gently, which if Jezeba's getting gentle about shit, you won't find any traces of Danica left in the bone quarter. Bryce tensed. What does that have to do with anything? And then Jezeba, I thought you were finally going to start asking questions about her. And if you still don't believe it, then recall when Bryce found out that Baxian was Danica's mate. To present proof, Baxian revealed the tattoo Danica gave him. Again, of the infamous words, through love, all is possible. Okay. Bryce then says, and the wording here is very important. The tattoo was, quote, one last clue from Danica to look where she stamped the phrase. Then this is from the text through love. All is possible. One last crew from Danica to look where she stamped the phrase on this mail. Where did Danica put the tattoo on his fucking heart? Okay. That is on his fucking chest right on top of his heart. Through love, through Bryce's heart, the impossible has been possible. Emily theorizes that it is a literal clue. The heart and soul where love resides is where Danica has always been. Interestingly, Baxian also tells us that Danica was trying to find a way into a quote new world. And then it says for this is Baxian. But after we met Baxian went on, she started hunting for a way into a world where we could be together since there was no way Sabine or Sandriel or even the Asteri would have allowed it. And where has Bryce just recently landed? Prithian, a new world. The impossible made possible. And then she has in here Sirius and Orion. So Emily theorizes that Hunt is the reincarnation or possesses the soul of Thur, which yeah. we have talked about, who is a powerful god. It's why Bryce says countless times that Hunt and Thur look, quote, identical. I am inclined to think that in some way, and this is Emily speaking, Thur and Sirius, or Thur and the wolves were connected. Perhaps the wolves protected Thur or were his loyal servants. Because that's exactly how the mythology around the Orion and Sirius constellations go. Sirius was immortalized in the sky to keep watch the guard Orion. Perhaps it is not just Bryce that has been looking out for Hunt, but Danica, too. I have more evidence to support your theory that you didn't say. Let me have it. Are you done? 
I'm done. Speaking of the way that Sarah uses words and says stuff casually and whatever, in the first book, Bryce literally says, yeah, and I'm the seventh Asteri as a joke. Holy shit, she does because she's just being a fucking asshole. Yeah, I'm trying to find the page number. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What are your... I'm convinced. I'm convinced, especially... No, I've had the question in my brain because of Bryce jokingly saying that. Does she only say it once? Yes, and I really want to find that actual page number. It's pretty early on, and I'm pretty sure she says it. Does she say it to Danica? No. She says it to Hunt. And Lahaba. Okay. I was like, if she fucking says it to Danica, I will lose my goddamn mind. Where Danica's like, uh, yeah, you are. You know what I'm going to do? Tell me. I'm going to open my Kindle app. Oh, and search it. Look at you. What better time than the present? I just want to say that with how much stuff this is, when we first started talking about doing this, I thought, oh, we'll have enough content to like go for a little while i'm like we're gonna be able to go for fucking ever <coughs> this could be a religion no it already is yeah bow down page 459 in the hardback it's a lot further in than i thought it was yeah and i'm the seventh asteri bryce says dryly the context here is that lahaba would like to see the fey archives she says, Lahaba says, I'd like to see the Fey archives. Lahaba sighed. Think of all that ancient history, all those glorious objects kept locked away for only their pure blooded heirs to see. Bryce finished with a pointed glance at Rune. Rune held up his hands. I've tried to get them to change the rules, he said. No luck. They let in visitors on major holidays, Lahaba said. Only from an improved list, Bryce said. And fire sprites are not on it. Lahaba rolled over onto her side, propping her head up with a fiery hand. They would let me in. I am a descendant of Queen Ranthia Drawl. Yeah, and I'm the seventh Asteri, Bryce says dryly. Hunt was careful not to react at the tone, the first bit of spark he'd seen in days. Oh, Athy. Oh, Athy. Oh, Lily. Okay, can we Details. have a discussion really quickly about how... If we believe that Danica is the seventh Asteri and now Bryce is the seventh Asteri essentially by proxy because Danica jumped into her body quite literally, where does that put us with Amran? Do we still think that Amran is the seventh Asteri? So, hang on. I have something else for you. So hold on. But also, okay, if we think about mates and like the story or whatever, which really this reread I'm doing right now of Earth and Blood Whenever Bryce and Hunt go meet with Philip Briggs to question him, he brings up Connor and Bryce has a bigger reaction than I remembered. Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, was that your boyfriend or something like that? And she says, it was complicated. It's none of your business, whatever. Yeah. And like she like Sarah actually gives a little bit more context and it almost makes it seem like Bryce was like super interested in him where you don't really get that at the beginning of the book. So then when I read that again today, I really got Sam vibes and I'm like, okay, please let that mean that Hunt is in game. Also, can we just say that I walked, I talked you off of a ledge when I brought up Connor. Do you remember that? No. I was texting a long time ago when I say a long time ago, but you were freaking out because you had read probably somewhere on TikTok. Probably Emily. 
that someone had said that Bryce and Hunt were not in game. And also you were saying that uh, all of the female characters have a first love yeah. before. I didn't think Connor was enough, I guess is what I'm trying to well, say. Because he pined after her for years and years and years, which was similar with Aylin and Sam though. Yes. And he pined after her and they didn't really get in an actual relationship. No, but also Bryce closes herself off. Yeah. She protects herself and she has to because of what she is and who she is. And so I think that a lot of that, her holding back was truly because of Sabine. Yeah. I don't. And, but I do think that she had true feelings for him and she was scared that she was just going to fail him. And didn't want that for him because he was really successful. He was really popular. He was what I considered the all-American dude. So I felt at the beginning that, okay, Hunt is Bryce's Reese. Here's, okay, here's another example. Rowan quite literally punches Aelin in the face. Which is my favorite. What's my favorite? He's my favorite. It's fucked up. Anyways. I want um, Casey to punch me in the face. What? I want to punch him back. That's a weird kid. Okay. Then That's Reese. That's for our Katie Robert discussion. <laughs> Catch that on our Patreon. <laughs> for real though. <laughs> Pay your tithe and we'll let you in. But so Rowan punches Aelin in the face. Reese twists Farah's broken arm. Hunt staples Bryce's leg together and basically mangles her and she has a scar and limps for years. So... That's the parallel that I'm drawing to coddle myself so that I can sleep at night. Physical pain if Hunt is Appelar, helping your emotional pain. If Sarah J. Mass harms one hair on Hunt Athalar's head, I swear I will burn everything I own. I won't. God, I won't. But I will be distraught. Dear Jameson. I will have to take leave. From the podcast? From, from, I'm self-employed. I'll have to give myself leave. Well, I will... I'm going to cry thinking about it. I will be so emotionally distraught. I will be very upset. Can't handle it. So. Rereading these. Do you want to circle back to what you asked me like 20 minutes ago? Yeah. But like rereading these again. I love each series. I love something different about each series. I think Throne of Glass is like so such beautiful world building. Mm -hmm. Like clearly I am such a Throne of Glass appreciator because yes. one she was young yes. not that's like a thing that i don't know i just all the people that talk shit about selena in the first book about how she is just like a shallow character that she's childish she is a literal child also who was like, written by a child yeah. who writes better than fucking adults do now if you wrote in a journal as a 16-year-old, please go back and read it to yourself. I swear you're going to be humiliated. You were not that deep. You were not that cool. So just the way that she planned that series and built such a huge world, such a huge foundation for everything else that's come after it, I love that series. It's fantastic. I love Akatar, of course, because it's like a love story and it's yes. all the things and it's even more world building and I love the magic and blah, blah, blah. Crescent City was the hardest for me to get into because it was such a mind fuck at the beginning. There's so much information yes. in this. 
but by the end of it, I was like, this might be my favorite series. And now reading this again, I'm like, holy shit, this is my favorite. Yeah. I am obsessed with Bryce and Hunt. I'm obsessed with Bryce as a character. Yes. She's so much more. She's a badass. She is. But I don't know. She just, she has such a growth for me. And I feel she's almost like a Nesta in some terms, mm-hmm. like a little bit less extreme. But I feel like her and Nesta are on the same kind of level as like, uh, Bryce and Hunt, Nest and Cassian. I have such a soft spot for Cassian and I love him so much because Nesta is awful in the beginning of she treats him awfully. She is horrible. She's horrible to everyone. She's a caged animal. She's a hurt caged animal. Who's and going she, through a depressive yes, episode. Yes. And but and doesn't know how to ask but for help. He, yes. Yes. She's I love her. I love the mental health aspect of Silver Flames. I feel like I am Nesta. And like we were talking about Bryce, like closing herself off. I do that stuff. So for I'm literally referred to as the mean one in my family. There you go. So for for Cassian to have loved her through the whole thing, like Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with them for Hunt to have seen every side of Bryce. And like he thought she was this vapid party girl. And then he sees, oh, actually, she's really whatever. And like he even apologizes to her. And she's like, you know, it's whatever. Everybody thinks that kind of thing. But like he knows that it deeply hurts her, even if she like shrugs it off. Because the fact that she was sober through all of those times that not just Hunt, but everyone thought that she was an insane piece of shit party girl just shows how complex of a character she actually is. And the fact that she just let them think that she didn't even try to fight for herself at that point. And because it didn't matter what she was going to say. Everyone was just going to think what they wanted to think about her. But then Hunt apologizes to her or whatever. And she like even shrugs that off at like, she shrugs off her hurt. And that in itself is another layer of protection because I do that exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So then going through this, I'm like Hunt and Bryce have the most mature and developed relationship in my opinion. Yeah. Of all of the other like major, whatever. And I just, I love this series. As a physical book lover, we've all found ourselves in major need of a bookmark when we've been rudely interrupted while reading. Interruptions like your job, your needy pets and family, or your spouse wanting to tell you all about a random thing that they've been doing, all while you're at a really good part. Don't they see that we're reading? And in those moments, we've all found ourselves having to grab for a receipt, a post-it note, a scrap of paper, or the absolute worst, dog earing your page. Well, in those moments, Case Leatherworks has you covered. Their dog ear bookmark fits perfectly over the corner of your page, so you never lose your place. Their products are made with top grain American leather in a variety of colors, and you have the option to customize your bookmark with your initials. Along with their bookmarks, they offer a variety of home good products that's perfect for any reading nook. Support small business by visiting caseleatherworks.com, and our listeners will receive 10% off your first order by using code THEORIES at checkout. That's offer code theories at caseleatherworks.com. Okay. Anyways, anyways. Yes, I love Bryce. Yes, I love Nesta. The I'm doing a very slow reread of Silver Flames. Okay. That's like I texted you last night and said, Meryl's eyes are literally described as the color of twilight. Edward. Edward. She has Edward ties. She's she sparkles. She plays baseball in thunderstorms. <laughs> Anyways, I am planning to read play Silver Flames. <laughs> I'm planning to reread Silver Flames after Oh, doing it again. This, yeah. 
I wanted to read it first just because I love it so much. I mean that I, I reread, reread the whole academic. But I had originally thought about going ahead once I got through Frost and Starlight to just start House of Earth and Blood, then do Silver Flames. But I just love it so much. But Nesta as a character, I'm at that point where she is starting that healing because it was the part where, and like I said, I'm doing a super slow reread because I am nitpicking anything and everything that is said in that fucking book. Mm-hmm. It's the part where Cassian take doesn't take her to the Illyrian camps and they train basically there at the house. And because it was realized that she was not going to train with him because she did not want to train in front of all of the Illyrians mm-hmm. and just feel the lesser. She's clearly dealing with becoming a fae anyways. And that power that's like brewing in her. But when you're someone who has been so closed off your whole life, you're so protective of yes. your own emotions. You're so protective of your image because you don't want that to be used against you. Yes. The fact that she looked Devlin in the face and called her own self a witch, which that is a whole other theory that we are going to get into <laughs> at some other point. But she couldn't let herself look stupid. And when Amran kept telling him, keep reaching out your hand, keep reaching out your hand. And the fact that he shifted his whole training method for her. And it was that part last night. And I had to just shut the book after I read it because where he just blurted out that he was sorry that he didn't actually hate her. And she responded back saying that she didn't hate him either. And I never hated you, Cassian. Yeah. It's one of those few moments, and I say few, but it's one of those few moments with Nesta that she lets herself show a little bit. She lets her, because believe me, there are some things that she says throughout the book that I'm just like, girl, we we were growing. And then one step forward, two steps back. Damn it. It eats me alive when she tells Elaine, oh, maybe you'll finally be interesting. Yes. Nesta, which granted, Elaine deserves more hate than she can. She really does. Do not get me started. But it felt shitty. It felt, no. It felt like a step back because of how much growth she'd had. You should have, you you don't say that to your sister, that you weirdly protected. Which pisses me off. It pisses me off. Farah, yes, Elaine is also your little sister. Farah is your baby sister. You just said. Then what is Amran? Yes. On Reddit. Emiago. And who is Emiago? This bitch. This bitch, Emily Theories. Emily Theories, if you ever decide to listen to us, I just want you to know that the both of us, we're obsessed with you. We love you. We respect all of your thoughts, (laughs) your beautiful TikToks, the way you compile your shit. Everything she says, I'm like, yes, canon. Except the shit about Bryson Hunt not being mates. Okay. Continue. Okay. She's, it's a theory. She's a lot. <laughs> I just it, can't emotionally accept this. I know. It's fine. I know. I understand. I understand. So, Emiego, aka DBA, Emily's theories. Follow her on TikTok and us. You ready for this? Look me in the eyes. Amran is a dragon. A theory. Okay. Okay. 
given all the religious associations, which I literally keep saying, it's very biblical. And I was watching an interview with her last night. It was one with LA Live. And I think this was one of the ones with Eva, where she was asking her, where do you get your names? Where do you do this? And she was just going on and talking about that she literally will look at baby lists and see if those names, if she likes them, if she thinks they're cool. She literally said, and it just killed me. She's, I look on baby name list to see if a name is sexy for a male character. Uh, I'm like, you're on baby. Anyways, they rate baby names as sexy. (laughs) She does. SJM is sexy or not. Like she has pros and cons. And then a lot of these, if you look at their roots, if you look at the etymology of the names, you're seeing outside of the ones that are just trying to give meaning to these names to give whatever meaning you want to give. We see you. Please stop it. You're ruining our research. (laughs) Because you make it very hard to comb through your nonsense. She pulls a lot from Greek mythology. She pulls a lot from biblical, like, theology. So clearly a lot of religious associations. Clearly a lot because I have a full spreadsheet that I'm breaking down names in. Me and and the CC names. We're almost through. We're almost done. I'm almost done with all of them. Okay. There's a lot of religious associations that are linked to Amran. And there's a lot of theories that she is a biblical angel. Okay. And I think I've said that to you where I have that artist rendering that she is just very angelic. She has Mm -hmm. the white wings. She's glowing. I'm almost thinking that it might even have a halo over her head or at least a ring of light. And so then SJM has even said that it's true, confirming in an interview that Amran is an, quote, Old Testament angel. Okay. Okay. It, Emily theorizes that she does not believe that Amran is an archangel. So the likes of what we see in Crescent City. She thinks that Amran is a different sort of angel. The seraphim. And I looked up the seraphim. It is an angelic being regarded in traditional Christian angelology as belonging to the highest order of the ninefold celestial hierarchy associated with light, ardor, and purity. Okay. Okay. In Akawar, we learn that Amran chose her name, that there is a meaning behind it. Nesta asked, was Amran your name? No, the smoke swirled in her eyes. I do not remember the name I was given. I used Amran because, and then there's a hyphen. It's a long story. Amran is a Hebrew name. Amran comes from the Hebrew Hebrew name Am. A-M-R-A-M, who was the father of Moses. Okay. For those of you who don't know, Moses split the sea. Okay. He's a, just Google Moses if you don't know. And there's a whole, there's a whole bit about him. (laughs) So, and then in, in the Akatar series, there's quite a few hints to Moses, which the first time that I read the Akatar series three years ago or whatever, when Prince Drakan parted the sea, I was like, Draken means dragon. 
Prince literally means yeah. dragon. But he parted the sea. And I immediately was like, oh, oh, cool. And because growing up, hearing those stories, and then you have the artist renderings, like I immediately pictured and some of that stuff. And so just as Moses did, okay? In fact, SJM herself confirms that Prince Draken and Miriam's story was inspired by Exodus in the Old Testament book, which details, among other things, Moses' leadership. Prince Draken and Miriam are known as the Seraphim. They are the angels of the Akatar world. In our world, the Seraphim are Old Testament angels. According to the hierarchy of angels, which this is something that can vary just depending on denominations or other crossover or parallel religions. The Seraphim are the highest rank. They are the mightiest and the most powerful angels in all of creation. She has kind of just a breakdown of the different angels because I remember I have said in the past that angels, we think of them like Christmas time, sweet angels, top of your tree. Angels are good. Angels are sweet. They're there. We have guardian angels. We have that, but not all angels, even those that are not like archangels or fallen angels, not all of them are necessarily like loving, sweet, good. They are considered the, like some of the warriors of God, and so the fact that we're using the highest ranking angels and actually referencing them by name as the seraphim in the Akatar world. So she has, so the seraphim are part of the first triad and contemplate and adore God directly. Okay. The name means the burning ones and they are attendants of the throne of God. They praise God singing. Holy is the Lord of hosts. Okay. So they are like, Top tier. You want them to be your best friends. They can probably pull a lot of rank, probably get you into some exclusive clubs. In heaven? Yeah. (laughs) There's so much wine. Don't play. So much wine. Okay. So most importantly, the seraphim are known as angels of fire. They are called the burning ones. Okay. Amran's true form was one of pure light and fire with wings of flame. Amrit is a seraphim. Don't make me go get the artwork. You know what that makes me think of? Thunderbirds. Even the gray of Amrin's eyes are likened to seraphim steel. And hunts wings. Hunts a thunderbird. So pulling from. <sighs> I'm stressed. It, there, so there is a line and it says, and I'm not sure if she doesn't have on here. I believe it's war where this is coming out of, but it says it gleamed as brightly as Amron's eyes, the seraphim steel. Okay. Okay. However, Amron's true form was kept rather vague in war. Amron's light blinded Pharaoh. She couldn't quite make out what. She really was. And Emily theorizes that she believes that was very intentional of SJM and that it is for important, super important for the overall arcing storyline because the Seraphim are also known as Mother 
fucking dragons. Hmm. And then she has here dragons question mark. If that if these little fuckers out in this hallway don't stop clickety clacking around, I'm gonna cut off all their nails. Okay. Dragons question mark. In Hebrew, the singular form of seraphim literally means fiery flying serpent. <laughs> Later texts literally describe the seraphim as dragon-shaped angels. And this is certain proof. The seraphim in Akatar world are ruled by who they ruled by. I don't know. I'm Prince Draken. Emotional. <laughs> and Draken literally means dragon, like you just said. And it means it in Hebrew too. So it is in multiple languages, multiple root languages. It means dragon. In fact, Emily says, SJM hints at Amran's dragon form multiple times. And I almost texted you about this the other night because this popped up and I thought it was just such a, since clearly we have not seen a single dragon in the Akatar world, not a single dragon, but they reference them. Like at some point in time, they had been known to exist because there is one word that they say, and I almost texted you about this the other night where it refers to Amran as a fire drake. Yeah. That's what they say whenever they're talking about her with her jewelry and her jewels. Yes. They say that she guards them like a fire drake. Which just in other lores and in and even in like other stories like we were talking about Lord of the Rings earlier. Okay. So just to shit on you in front of our audience, not knowing anything about Lord of the Rings or not knowing much. In The Hobbit, and this is just because SJM just pulls from so many. Okay, so clearly The Hobbit, there is a dragon in The Hobbit who lives under the mountain, and his name is Smog. And Smog has that this mountain is filled to the brim with treasure in gold, rubies, like priceless artifacts, all of these things. And he protects that treasure with everything that he is like he, he does not want, he does not want anyone to come in there and take his treasure. Okay. Also smog is voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch. And if you've never seen videos of him in his green suit with all the little balls, I on actually there, literally did this past month. I've seen that. It's so hilarious. And then you watch the, when I watch the movie, why, I can't see it. Why did he need to do that? That's so extra. So they did it because the dry wyverns don't have the front legs. Yes. Their wings are basically their arms, their arms. Okay. But dragons have all four. And so they wanted to pull from Benedict Cumberbatch's actual body mannerisms for smog. So then that way he was going to move like an actual being because the fact smog can speak in the Hobbit. A lot of dragons can't really talk. They don't, if, if they stay in like a dragon form, they don't speak in their dragon form. But anyways, okay. so that was just me. Like she likes to pull from all of that. And so Amran's love of all of her shiny things and jewels, dragons 
love to protect their things and they love in, in so many different storylines, so many different lore. They're always like protecting something, especially treasure. The fact that they talk about fire drakes across the series. And I mean, it's just little, little nuggets here and there. We don't have like full dialogue about what the fuck a fire drake is. Okay. So then it said in the book in war, Reese hadn't, been wrong about the fire drake comparison Amran also used to drink the blood of lambs and goats and i was like if that's not one of the most biblical things i've ever heard in my life yeah i love that whenever they are like basically lock down valaris and make everyone go in there's like a curfew Mm -hmm. so that Amran can go searching like people sit out cups of blood on their porch just like They'll set out cups of blood. They said that they'll even mark their doorways Which with is, blood. Yes. So Passover was biblical. Yes. In Egypt, they were going to take all of the, basically kill the first sons of all these families yes. in Egypt. And they told believers, essentially, like to mark your doors with lamb's blood. And they would pass over your house and they would not kill your child. So that is what Passover means. And if you would, if you would like to see... A depiction of this prince it, of egypt the prince of egypt so good it's prince a child's of- movie cartoon it's fantastic it's fantastic also an amazing soundtrack they did not need to go that hard believe for the on prince that of soundtrack <laughs> i mean it, that soundtrack goes just as hard as the tarzan soundtrack we didn't need it to go either one of them to go that hard but val kilmer plays both moses and god if you needed any more reason to watch this martin short is in this movie patrick stewart sandra bullock steve martin what is happening also michelle pfeiffer michelle pfeiffer's in that movie (laughs) she's the pora stop it uh jeff goldblum also believe the like one of the main tracks of this is mariah carey and whitney houston what was the budget for this movie I, i don't because also just to preface it's an animated movie yeah it's a cartoon yeah these are full cartoons you know what no it is not a cartoon it is an animated cinematic experience is cartoon like derogatory any animation is a cartoon i'm literally wearing my fox okay i'm animation domination i did not I don't mean anything by it. To me, any illustration is a cartoon. I love it. It's fantastic. No, we no, we're hyping this. Honestly, movie this up. came out in 1998, and I just what? watched the trailer with the sound off. This is blowing my mind. They just killed it. They crushed it. It's beautiful, and it's first off. I just so just for anyone, it is just for anyone that is not into religion. This movie is still such a good one to watch because you see it. It's not over here shoving religion down your throat. It is literally telling about like the pharaohs and it is telling these stories that the plagues of Egypt, if you step out of the religious aspect of it, these are things that these are stories that have been told in hieroglyphics in Egypt. That's where these have stemmed from. This is, and that's what I think is so beautiful about it is that it's not, we're not over here like. This was a movie that we would watch in Sunday school, yes, but it was also an approved movie 
by one of our friends growing up. It was one of the few approved movies that we could watch whenever we were at her house. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but it is amazing. So anyways. Okay. And then Amron says, I'll take goat too. The blood's pure, richer, reminds me of another time and place. Okay. Just as wyverns, which I mentioned, a type of dragon in the throne of glass world. Okay. They also ate lamb and goats. Abraxos. Because that was one of the things whenever they would fly off that they were more than likely going to go and get. Okay. So. Also, if you'd like to see the Prince of Egypt, it says that it's streaming on Peacock. Oh, there you go. Well, probably because of all of those people are just very involved in ABC. So. Like I said, just as wyverns also ate lamb and goats. Okay. (laughs) Manon was like, go get that shit. So who was their God? So Emily says, if this theory was true in the seraphim, including Amran, are dragons or a type of angel dragon hybrid. It begs the question, who is the God or the father with a capital F? That Amran and the other seraphim serve, or perhaps used to serve, as we know that Amran is not from the Prithian world or the Akatar world. So in CC2, we are led to believe that Thur is a minor storm deity, but Emily theorizes that she thinks that is a lie spun by the Asteri, which we know that they're oozing. With motherfucking lies. Those bastards. Because Bryce notes that Thursdays were named after Thur. As well as a behemoth planet. So like they. What's the planet? I think that there's a planet named Thur. Oh really? Yeah. So why would. Why would we name a whole day of the week after Thur. And name a planet after him if he's a minor deity. So in the Crescent City world, that that follows more closely to Roman mythology than any of the other like mythologies. Okay. Thursdays in a giant planet are named after Jupiter. And Jupiter is also known as the god of all gods. His Greek equivalent is Zeus because Zeus can wield lightning. Mm-hmm. We all know this from Hercules. Also, if you never watched the animated Hercules, I recommend that as well. Anyways, just look, just us recommending. <laughs> so both Jupiter and Zeus were gods of thunder and lightning. And SJM drew many connections between Hunt, who also has lightning powers, and Thur. In Sky and Breath, okay? So lots and lots of connections with that. So then Emily says that she believes that the god of Seraphim served was Thur. And Thur is a personification of Zeus slash Jupiter. Okay? Okay. You're going to love this. In Greek mythology, Zeus was born on the island Crete. Okay. In the Akatar world, Prince Draken 
Miriam and the other seraphim live on an island called Creta. Yep. Coincidence? Never. Never a coincidence. In fact, the dragon shifter in Crescent City World is named Ariadne. And in Greek mythology, Ariadne was the princess of Crete. Love it. Now to hunt. And we have made this connection before. And I think it definitely had to do with something that Emily has said. She literally says, this is perhaps getting into more unhinged territory. I love it. (laughs) Lay it on me. But that hunt is involved in this whole narrative as well. In this whole mythology, theology narrative. It started multiple times because hunt. So many people say that he's a spinning image. He's identical to Thur. Okay. Emily, like I have said previously, believes that Hunt is either Thur reincarnated because SJM reduces, reuses, recycles, and reincarnates, Mm -hmm. and that this is what Project Thur was, or that Hunt is directly the son of Thur, therefore he is the son of a god. So Therefore he, which she is not making this parallel, but I am, he's like Hercules. So that that project there, it was the creation of Hunt, essentially? Yes, yes, because of his reincarnation. This does not, what I'm going to say next is not off of the Hercules that, that I made. But, so this will explain why our queen, SJM, draws so many parallels between Hunt and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say Cassian or something. <laughs> I was waiting. Mine is our Lord and Savior, Lahaba. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> the same crown of thorns. I was going to say the first time that I read about Hunt having a crown of thorns, mm-hmm. I thought that's weird. Yep. Yep. Also, Hunt is is a son of Thur, allegedly. Okay. Which Thur is Zeus. He's the parallel of Zeus, who is a god, who is the top god. And you know this if you've ever seen the movie Hercules or if you've ever read Greek mythology. Just as Jesus was the son of God, Hunt's true name is Orion. And as most of us are aware, and if you're not, Orion was a famous hunter in Greek mythology. He is also a constellation that I I literally talked about. You just said something that triggered something that I found today and I already have a highlight and now I'm highlighting again and I'm adding a tab and we're going to talk about it as soon as you're done. Keep going. Where did a majority of the stories about Orion take place? Crete. It's all fucking connected. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for it? Baby, let the games begin because we're going to be talking about Thunderbirds. Oh, God. It is stated in CC2 that Thur is connected to the Thunderbirds in some way. In fact, Hunt's own power appears to be the same as a Thunderbirds, making Thunderbirds as the Crescent City version of the Seraphim, or they're related in some way. They are a parallel. 
Could it be, and this is Emily, could it be that Thunderbirds equal Seraphim equal dragons? Yes. In fact, Sophie's Thunderbird power greatly parallels Amran's. Both are manifestations of light with wings of light. Both were seen as an angel, but their true form was vague and very hard to see. And she has an excerpt that says Pippa could see the core of a long, bright white tendrils streaming from it like wings. An angel, someone whispered. Pippa scoffed privately. There were no angels among the few veneer in Ophian. So it's perhaps no coincidence that Amran's eyes have been described, and she has in capital letters, multiple times. As full of lightning. Every Amran has said, everything suits me, she says. And those horrible, enchanting eyes again met my own, like leashed lightning. Amran said, eyes flaring bright as lightning. And then Emily has, and that even the seraphim blades, blades were described as lightning-given flesh. So if all of these beings are connected then it suggests that Hunt may have the power of a dragon or perhaps as the high lords of Perinthian have a beast form, which we have talked about before, the Seraphim Thunderbirds have a dragon form. That would be so cool. They already got the wings. Would love to see some dragons introduced. God, I would love to see some dragons introduced. As further proof, we're going to recall that SJM stated that in Sky and Breath... The cover has a variety of clues and Easter eggs. One moment. Anyways. Okay. There it is, BB. Okay. Right here. If you so, open it up. If you can see him. Okay. All right. So as further proof of this, recall that SJM stated that the Sky and Breath cover has a variety of clues and Easter eggs. If we zoom in on what is Hunt's chest. I was just about to say, oh, my God, there's a wolf on his chest. I never noticed. It's a dragon. Are you sure? It's the face of a dragon. Are you sure? This looks like a wolf. Which is fine because the Orion thing. Yes, which is also wolf. But looking at it in this... To me, it looks like a wolf with two Pegasus heads coming to off the sides. Look. Oh, I do see the Pegasus because she has it zoomed in here. It definitely has more dragon qualities. Are you sure? Yes. This looks like a wolf with its head down. No. Do you see it? So we're not, we're like missing like the wolf ears. Look at it without the crescent covering it. If you look at the inside of the pay of the book, the front cover and not the cover itself with the crescent logo over it. Oh, it definitely, yeah. So that it looks very wolf-like. Yeah, so that is very wolfy, very but those are 100% one of them is least is a unicorn on the right. Yeah. But with the way that I guess maybe they both are. It the way that it's lined up with this orb also, this is 100% a sword. Can you, yeah. Can you imagine being the illustrator and Sarah's, I need you to draw a man, but all of this needs to be included. Also, I just love all the crescent moons 
and then the full moon, which there's literally only one full moon. Like, you don't even... Anyways, sorry. All the rest of them are crescent moons, and then you got the one. Okay, that's going to really break my heart if you're saying that, because I was literally just reading about today, Hunt talks about the acolytes at Luna's Temple and how before they become like full whatever like they have a waxing moon and then they have the crescent and then they have the waning moon as they're like aging so if he doesn't get the waning side of the moon he doesn't get to age i'm gonna cry i swear to god sarah if you're listening please don't kill us (laughs) maybe that's not maybe that's just his immortality that's not necessarily Okay. Him aging. I'm going to take that not as in death as in immortality. So how does this all connect? So clearly this is very angels and demons. Okay. There's the Asteri and the angels and then the princess of hell and the demons. And as seen in the Bible and then other related texts as well. The angels and demons were often at war with each other. So again, my whole thing about we're not doing the Hark the Herald Angels sing. We are talking about warriors of God. Emily theorizes that Thur was on the side of the angels. Mm-hmm. Us now knowing and speculating that seraphim slash dragons are likely connected to Thur... It's perhaps that it's not a coincidence that dragon fire is one of the few things that can harm the princess of hell. Once again, reinforcing the division between the two species. Because also, I would just like to say that our English lit class senior year, Mr. Don AC, the seven circles of hell as you work your way down in hell, it gets colder. The seventh circle of hell is literally freezing. Hmm. Just to put that out there. Also seven, just saying. We also know that Hunt was bred to be receptive to the demons of hell. And that's why he's an expert at killing them. So that's further proof again. And then she has, then there's the whole biblical and mythological symbolism of the lightning, which was often used to, quote, smite down sinners and demons and the like. And then also, and and she talks about, that's more of like the biblical side, but then also Zeus in mythology would use his lightning to strike down. We also know that the Asteri created, quote, warriors in the Akatar world, which were a prototype for the angels in the Crescent City world. This was the Seraphim, who evidently share the same physical attributes as the Archangels in Midgard. And then Emily says, I'd then wager that the Illyrians are the warriors that the princes of hell created. I was just about which to say. we have mm-hmm. talked about. We've skated on that icy ridge. And it's given that their wings were the same as Apollyon's. Once again, spurring on their opposition of each other. And so then it, then she has, so was Thur 
like the Asteri overlord. And this is where it says, Amran did mention that her father and Emily has noted the capital F. And that is how the Bible always refers to God. When we are talking about father in the Bible, it is always with a capital F because as in his name. So the father was quote wrathful and that he ruled a quote new world, which sounds a whole hell of a lot like Midgard. And then Emily says, I don't know what exactly all of this means, especially for hunt, but I do know that something big is brewing and we'll be able to see what's brewing in that cauldron in January. So just to backtrack just a tiny bit, if, so you're saying that Thur could potentially be the father in terms of the Asteri? That, yeah, that it's a possibility that he was the overlord. It's just, a, again, it's just a theory because Thur was on the side of the angels, which. So what? So Thur was over the Asteri at, because that's that division with the princes of hell and all their demons that Thur was like the upper. So how did the Asteri become the bad guys? I guess is what I'm trying to say. And also what does that mean for Bryce and Hunt? If Bryce is the seventh Asteri and Hunt is Thur. Not good. Is it bad? I don't know. Does that mean that it's a, maybe u- Bryce, a unification? If through love, all things are possible. Maybe Bryce just turns it around for the Asteri. But also Bryce's involvement with one of the princes of hell. Yeah. What's is Hunt's ability to sniff them out. I'm trying to think what I'm, Hold on, my hamster is going so fast on the wheel. I don't necessarily think that unless... <gasps> okay, so we like to draw ties to mythology. Now, this is just straight out... Of, this is a headcanon. This is not an Emily's. What if in some weird 2,400-page story that we're going to have, this could... Uh, sim- mm. No, I don't think that works now that I'm, I was trying to draw a comparison to a Hades and Persephone story with Bryce and Hunt, with Bryce and Hunt, because Hades obviously being the underworld and Persephone with her springtime, but her being of, she was of the upper world in that alignment with gods, her being more of like a light where basically like Hunt would be the Persephone in this situation and Bryce would be the Hades in this situation. Just looking at everything that goes around all of this mythology. And so that, that's just, I'll have, to ha- I'll have to like flesh that out with myself a little bit more. But I just, I feel like that there is 100% like a mythological story. There's so behind if, it. If, if that was the, like the case, then... Then they could have a happily ever after. Yes, they could have a happily ever after. That's what I like. That's what I was trying to look at because the story of Hades and Persephone 
becomes, it's that, it's that love story. It becomes that love story. And why can't they were like the OG star crossed lovers, Mm -hmm. except they didn't have to die at the end. And why does it have to be that those two opposites? Why do we have to continue to be at war? Why can't, and like you said, that through love, all things are possible. And maybe that is what that overarching is that because Bryce and Hunt love each other, that they are able to end this war. I love it. Okay. Can we talk about the Roman connections that I was making earlier? Okay. So I know that last time we talked a little bit about the Istros river Mm -hmm. and how that is the name of the modern Danube river. So that kind of got me thinking like, okay, as this like drawing is Midgard literally means earth. Yes. Which I can't remember if we have actually flat said that on the show. um, Midgard is old Norse. In Norse mythology, the Middle Earth, the abode of mankind, made from the body of the first created being, it's called Midgard. So Earth is Midgard. So I was thinking about that, the Istros River, how that's like a name of a real real river on Earth. I'm like, okay, so is Midgard Earth? I was thinking about different things about that. Anyways, moving on. I was also thinking about the Roman Empire. Which is so funny. There's this TikTok trend right now. And I know you're not on TikTok. But this girl. I'll see it in two weeks when it gets Yeah, there you go. (laughs) This girl, maybe it was her husband or something, said something first about the Roman Empire. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's I think about it every day, don't you? And she's like, what? No. So everybody's been like asking their, their male counterparts, like, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? I wish, is Casey in bed? Like you need to record this on video because people are asking that. I asked Jameson. I'm thinking Jameson never like Jameson is all American football, baseball dude. Like this is just what he is. And I was like, Hey Jameson, how often do you think about the Roman empire? And he was like, I don't know, like twice a month. I was like, what? That's so specific. I know it's please hold. I'm going to go ask him. Elevator music. Okay, that was disappointing. Does he not think about the Roman Empire regularly? He literally goes, never. I was like, you don't think about their inventions? You don't think about... Yours is broken. No. Yeah, you're right. He cooks bacon wrapped doves in the air fryer. and (laughs) (laughs) I will never (laughs) Adopted the dumbest dog on the planet. So yeah, he's broken. Anyways, I was thinking about that because I also... I was thinking about Rome because I was looking up things about different mythologies today and I came across the Roman empire, how they used the logo for them was like SPQR, which means the Senate and the Republic of Rome, which means the Senate and the people of Rome SPQR. That is the English translation. The Roman translation has a word with a Q in it that I cannot pronounce. Please look it up yourself. Yeah, yeah, but. but that's just like the series, which is SPQM, which is tattooed on Hunt's wrist. Okay. Uh-huh. And then 
I have made the conclusion or drawn the parallel between Hunt and Jesus in the past. The crown of thorns was obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, but we were just talking about that. When you brought it up tonight, I thought, oh my God, I started annotating Earth and Blood literally today. And I have highlighted a sentence in this book. It is literally on page 12 where the archangel Micah himself had offered a hefty reward for information regarding its return and promised that the sacrilegious bastard who'd stolen it would be brought to justice in relation to the horn. This is right after the horn is stolen. Uh huh. Would you like to know what the sentence right after what I highlighted says? So he says that they would be brought to justice. Uh huh. Also known as public crucifixion. The Romans literally crucified Jesus Christ. That's literally what this is. This quote in the book, also known as public crucifixion. I'm freaking out, man. So the Romans. I'm my mouth is agape. (laughs) Ancient Romans crucified Jesus Christ. Just going to say that. So if we're going to draw parallels between ancient Romans and the Asteri, um, Hunt could potentially be crucified. I'm going to die. But well, also- but hold on. If he is crucified in his hunt form. He's also brought back to life. Who's to say, and I swear to God. Oh, wait. <laughs> With a capital G. If he comes back three days later. <laughs> they won't just be naming Thursday after him. Like... <laughs> Which, we'll have which, a whole like 40 days. Which fast. draws another conclusion. I read today, they talk about the eternal city in earth and blood. That's what they called Rome. The eternal city. I'm convinced that Midgard is on earth now. And it's just Rome with cell phones. Apparently. We're just missing a Colosseum. It's at least heavily modeled after earth. We're just missing a Colosseum. Basically. What if our stop? I'm gonna I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> You're gonna so, broke out. I'm gonna broke out. Hunt is describing he did. De- oh my god. Sabriel is like the evil archangel. Uh huh. Hunt was her slave for uh-huh. the first I don't even know how many years uh-huh. of his enslavement. A lot. It was he a lot. literally punishes people by throwing them in a pit, a dirt sand pit. I'm gonna die. I can't believe you just said that because that just triggered my brain. I got to look this up. Hang on. And if you tell me that there's like lions and shit in there. Please hold. <laughs> I'm going to hyperventilate. What, I'm like shaking. You, you are freaking out. Oh my God. I literally read that this week. Liv. Hang on. Her name is Sabriel, right? No. Sandriel. Sandriel. Sabriel is like another fantasy book, <laughs> which also just sounds like a lot like Gabriel. And we have been very like biblical <laughs> about things. Bros, if I'm losing it. Oh my God. Sandriel is the archangel and governor of the Northwestern quadrant of Pangera, Hunt's former owner before Micah had traded with her, desiring to have Hunt clear Crescent City of any enemies. Sandriel his dead lover's twin sister. So Sandriel literally looks like Shahar. He was, let me see. 
Sandriel had been Hunt's third owner after the defeat at Mount Hermon. She believed that she could essentially break him despite the two archangels before her who had failed to do so. First in her horror show of a dungeon, then in her blood-soaked arena in the heart of Revelius, pitting him against warriors who never stood a chance, then by commanding to do him to do what he did best, slipping into a room and ending lives, one after another, after another, year after year, decade after decade. Okay, so she puts him in a blood-soaked arena. Hold. Oh, I'm holding. There's more about her torturing people. Which is very Romanesque, just in general. Also, just another Roman parallel while you're going at it, while you're looking that up. He was, hold on, sorry, I lost it. Ah, 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 I scrolled way too fast. Fuck, who was our brosif? Oh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Okay, so just drawing another parallel that Isaiah. Last time we talked about how there's a possibility that Hunt's going to have to off Isaiah. Yeah, we were drawing some conclusions. Why do I keep saying conclusions? That's not really the word. No, we're drawing. We were just we're compiling our theories about it because based on Isaiah Tiberian's name, Isaiah is Hebrew for salvation of the Lord. If Thur is the equivalent of God. Kelly, I want Isa- you to know something else. That the Roman emperor who oversaw Jesus's death's name was Emperor Tiberius. And I have on my spreadsheet Tiberian of relating to or resembling the Roman emperor Tiberius or his policies which whenever I looked it up the last time took us around to Caesar, but maybe that might've been, I might've created a a red herring. Yeah. Emperor Tiberius is the one who was like basically in charge of putting Jesus to death. Okay. Here, here we're going to go talk about Sandriel. This is for context. This is whenever she shows up in Crescent city for the summit or whatever, but Mm -hmm. Hunt and Bryce are at the committee to pick up clothes for him and she is there and they don't know that she's going to be there. So Hunt's freaking the fuck out. He's broken out. He's broken out. Um, so this says with most of the fallen, either scattered to the four winds or dead, Sandriel enjoyed nothing more than strolling through her castle dungeons, crammed full of human rebels and selecting one, two or three at a time. The arena at the heart of her city was just for the pleasure of destroying these prisoners in various ways. Battles to the death, public torture, unleashing lowers and basic animals against them. There was no end to her creativity. Hunt had seen and endured it all. And endured it. <laughs> Hunt had seen and endured it all. I can't speak because I'm just like freaking out. That is literally the Colosseum. This is, is Rome. Literally. My mouth is agape. My hamster has fallen off of his wheel <laughs> and he's dead. Kelly can't come to the phone right now. Why? Oh, because she's dead. Because Olivia just fucking killed her with this shit. Yeah, this is Rome. This is Earth. This is, it's at least Rome. It's at least Rome. However, if you want to take it like mythological Rome or if you want to take it in literal Rome, either way, it is Rome. When I gasped earlier, 
So now I can't decide if Isaiah is going to be a good guy or a bad guy because his first name literally is Hebrew for salvation of the Lord. His first name? Isaiah? Yes. But then his last name reflects the... Unless... Again with my headcanon. We're doing... We're pulling a Tammy. And we're double agenting. And with Isaiah being above Hunt, in this world, with it with him being the Roman... Okay, hang on. Here's my theory. Isaiah is going to be the one that crucifies Hunt. So then that way Hunt can come back in his reincarnated form or come back in his literal form as Thur. And I'm just going to predict that Isaiah will die, but that in the sense of that, he is the salvation of the Lord and he will be the salvation of Midgard because he will release Thur from his form as Hunt. And that's that whole where he is, he has to try and act like, that he's the boss over Hunt, even though he's always just let Hunt do whatever he wants. He's They have a relationship together. And so I, I think that Isaiah is playing that double agent. And that's why his first and last name are such opposites. I think that he will use his, if we're referencing his Tiberian last name, he will crucify Hunt to release him back as Thur. And Thur will take down those stupid motherfuckers. But what if Bryce is one of those motherfuckers? She's then not. What? <laughs> because we're just drawing back our parallels with Hades. I was going to say you just convinced me for forty-five but, minutes. But I'm not. But I'm not talking about Bryce. I'm talking about the rest of the Asteri. Because she's going to stay good. Because they are fallen angels. Okay. The Asteri are fallen the angels. The seventh one has been redeemed. The seventh one has been redeemed because through love, all things are possible. And that Thur has come back and that now him and Bryce are obviously going to be allies because not only does Danica live within her, but but so does Thea. Mm -hmm. And so Bryce and all of those that she loves are safe, but the fallen angels, because Thur was sided with the angels... Not the fallen angels, because the fallen angels, if we are going to get biblical, who is Satan? None other than a fallen angel. And so he will see that Asteri as the bad guys. My heart and head hurt. And take them out. That's my theory. Have you ever heard of... That's Kelly's theories. Have you ever heard of a painting called The Shadow of Death? Yes, but I could not tell you what it looked like. It's literally... Am I going to Google it right now? Yes, I am. Oh, if I could spell shadow. One of the top ones was Shadow of Death, The Dark Knight. Calm down, Batman. It's Jesus. Liv. Can I blow your mind one step further? Do you know who is referred to as The Shadow of Death? Hunt Athlar because Umbra Mortis means shadow of death. And when I 
walk. I have chills the, over my whole and body. And I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We are quoting the book of Psalm. Or Gangsta's Paradise, depending on or, how you grew up. <laughs> he was religious. Psalm 23. I'm going to read directly from scripture. So no one be offended. But if SJM is making so many biblical parallels and references, this is important. Psalm 23, 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't even know why I'm actually reading this because I can recite this from memory, but I don't want to skip Who else? Who is not supposed to want? Who is not supposed to want? Amran literally says that she was not supposed to want things. And if Hunt (gasps) is Jesus, then this passage... Weak and Bryce is an Asteri. Keep going. Or if Hunt is a Thunderbird, just like Amran and a Seraphim and a dragon and all those things, and also just a parallel like Jesus. Now read it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. His name's sake. For those of you that don't get that, Jesus Christ. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me in the days of my life. And I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The path of righteousness for his name's sake is Jesus Christ. And in this situation is Hunt. Walk through the valley of shadow of death. (laughs) Which is also hunt. (laughs) Which is also hunt. Bryce and him will walk side by side together. They will fear no evil for they are with each other. They are the rod and the staff. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So if hunt is third, then the Asteri would be his enemies. Yes. And then we end it with surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So Hunt will not die. He will come back as Thur and him and Bryce will take down the fallen angels of the Asteri because Danica was redeemed as the seventh Asteri and Thur and Thea will dwell in the house together forever because what does Sarah call all the four separations of this? They are houses. They are fucking houses. (laughs) So we will dwell in the house of sky and breath. Okay. But for fucking, but just to like, to, to go, (laughs) to go again, (laughs) 
But thanks for listening. Become a patron and pay your Springport tithe to support the show for exclusive content, a patron of the week shout out, and some goodies whenever you sign up. Email us your froked out theories at accordatheories at gmail.com. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.